0: Hello, I'm Pastor Daniel Flukey. Welcome to the sermon podcast from Christ the King and Living Hope Lutheran Churches. We are congregations of the Evangelical Lutheran Church in America, located in Port Washington and Saukville, Wisconsin. We believe God's love is for you. Here's our message for this week
1: a reading from the book of Romans, 12th chapter. Let love be genuine, hate what is evil. Bless those who persecute you. Bless and do not curse them. Rejoice with those who rejoice. Weep with those who weep. Live in harmony with one another. Do not be haughty, but associate with the lowly. Do not claim to be wiser than you are. Do not repay anyone evil for evil, but take thought in what is noble in the sight of all. Do not be overcome by evil, but overcome evil with good. This is the word of the Lord. Thanks be to God.
0: The Holy Gospel according to Matthew 16, verses 21 through 28. Glory to you, O Lord. From that time on, Jesus began to show his disciples that he must go to Jerusalem And undergo great suffering at the hands of the elders and the chief priests and scribes, and be killed, and on the third day be raised. And Peter took him aside and began to rebuke him, saying, God forbid it, Lord, this must never happen to you. But he turned and said to Peter, Get behind me, Satan. You are a stumbling block to me, for you are setting your mind not on divine things, but on human things." Then Jesus told his disciples, If any want to become my followers, let them deny themselves and take up their cross and follow me. For those who want to save their life will lose it, and those who lose their life for my sake will find it. For what will it profit them if they gain the whole world but forfeit their life? Or what will they give in return for their life? For the Son of Man is to come with his angels in the glory of his Father, and then he will repay everyone for what has been done. Truly, I tell you, there are some standing here who will not taste death before they see the Son of Man coming in his kingdom. The Gospel of our Lord. Praise Praise to you, you, O Christ. Grace and peace to you from God our Father and our Lord Jesus Christ. Amen. Today's Gospel reading begins... From that time on, which of course means we need to start by backing up a little bit and see from what time on. So a few verses earlier, Jesus had asked his disciples what people were saying about him. If you were here last week, you heard this reading. He was asking who the crowds thought he was. And the consensus, the disciples say, is that people saw him as John the Baptist, back from the dead, or Elijah, or another one of those ancient prophets, Then Jesus asked them the more important question. Who do you say that I am? Not what are other people saying, but who do you say that I am? And Peter is the one to speak up. And the world misunderstood Jesus, but Peter had the right answer. And he spoke his great confession of faith. You are the Messiah, the Son of the living God. That is who Jesus is, God's Son, our Lord, God living among us, the Savior, the Messiah. And Peter gets it. The Holy Spirit is on his side, flowing through him, giving him the right answers. Think how great of a moment that must have been for Peter. Maybe the proudest moment of his life to get it you ever had one of those moments where you feel so connected to God, where you feel God working through you, just sense the Holy Spirit moving? Peter, in this moment, seems to be the perfect disciple. He is the rock. Jesus says, you'll be known as Peter. That literally means rock. And on this rock, I will build my church. What a great hero of faith. But that's not the end of the story. In fact, that's not even the end of the chapter. And with his identity out in the open, from that time on, our reading today says, Jesus takes his teaching to the next level, and he starts talking about the cross. He starts talking about what is going to happen to him. And Peter, who had just seemed to have everything figured out, Peter turns out to totally misunderstand what Jesus came to do. Jesus is the Messiah, but that does not mean what Peter thinks it means Now, Peter's confession of faith, his recognition of Jesus' identity, that is important. And he's not wrong. He's exactly right in what he says. The cross where Jesus is going to only has meaning, only makes sense in connection with knowing that Jesus is the son of the living God, the Messiah. Otherwise, it's just some guy dying, somebody getting executed by the state. Only if Jesus is actually the Son of God, the Messiah, God with us, does the cross matter for us today. But Peter is not there yet. All that Peter's hearing is that the one he was sure was the Messiah, the one he was so certain was the Son of God, is now talking about suffering and dying. He understood the first part, Jesus is the Son of God, but Peter can't grasp what that means. His picture of God's glory, his picture of a Messiah saving the day, does not include dying on a cross. When Peter thinks of sacrifice, he's picturing us giving up something that God demands from us. He does not think of God coming and offering to die for us. He's looking for a Savior to defeat the evil powers of this world, to rescue him. He's not looking for someone that those evil powers can kill. And so Peter takes Jesus aside and begins to rebuke him. God forbid it, Lord. This must never happen to you. The rock turns into a stumbling block for God's mission. And it's easy, I think, for us sitting here to shake our heads at Peter for not getting it. Shake our heads. How, How can you rebuke Jesus if there's one thing that every Sunday school kid learns, it's Jesus died for our sins. We know this. It's obvious at this point. And we wonder, how could Peter be so wrong about something so important, about the heart of our faith? And yet, how often do we do the same thing as Peter? How often do you and I try to fit Jesus into our own box our own image of what a Messiah, what the Son of God ought to look like. We keep trying to understand Jesus as an earthly leader, a politician or a warrior, rather than a suffering servant. We want Jesus to meet our expectations. We want to protect Jesus from the dirt, keep the church clean, keep our Lord somewhere safe, maybe often the clouds shining somewhere somewhere away from the muck of our lives. We want to jump to Jesus as heavenly king above all the junk of this world. And yet the message of the cross is that Jesus came to take the worst that this world could offer, the worst that this world could throw at him. The central unique claim of the Christian faith is that God, the almighty, eternal, omnipotent creator of the world, God has entered into the world, into the messy world, into the mess of our lives. And that is good news. We don't need to protect Jesus. Jesus wants to come in to shine light into the darkest shadows of our lives. Peter tries to protect Jesus from himself, but Jesus' whole mission as the Messiah is to take the worst that humanity can dish out. Jesus, God with us, is not some professor teaching about God from an ivory tower or a politician jetting in to say how she's going to fix our problems and then leave again. No, Jesus is Emmanuel, God with us, the Word made flesh dwelling among us. Jesus is the Good Shepherd who has come to live among the flock, to lay down his life for the sheep. So what does it look like? What does it mean to follow a crucified leader? What does it look like to be a disciple of a God who's willing to enter into this messed up, broken world and undergo great suffering and be killed and then be raised? Jesus told his disciples, his followers, us, if any want to become my followers, let them deny themselves and take up their cross and follow me. For those who want to save their life will lose it, and those who lose their life for my sake will find it. For what will it profit them if they gain the whole world but forfeit their life? Or what will they give in return for their life? Following this Jesus means taking up a cross. It means denying ourselves, giving up our own desires for wealth and power, for authority, giving up the human things, and instead taking up a symbol of powerlessness, a symbol of humility, a means of execution It means identifying not as a ruler or a conqueror or a judge, but rather identifying ourselves with the suffering, the imprisoned, casting our lot with the powerless. Following Jesus means seeing both God and the world through the lens of the cross, which is a very different lens than the one the world has, right? And the world's lens can be pretty tempting, I hate to say it but i was thinking about it this week and we are already well into the next political campaign season we just had the first primary debate what a week and a half ago now just down the road and if you pay attention to the upcoming campaigns i don't know if that's a good idea or not but if you pay attention i guarantee you that the world and the media and the politicians are going to tell us to interpret everything through the lens of fear and competition and even if you don't pay any attention to party politics you know the message, right? It's all about stopping the other side. It's about the horrible things that are coming if those people get their way. It's all about getting our side into power. Sisters and brothers in Christ, that is not our call. I do believe there is good that can be done through politics. I believe the government should do good to protect and serve people. I believe God works through Christians who are called to serve in public office, to work in government. It is not too early to start doing your homework and paying attention. And I really do think casting your vote is a way of loving your neighbor. It's our duty as Christian citizens, pray for our country. But remember, as Christians, as disciples of Jesus, we see the world differently. What we value is different than what the world values, because we are called to interpret everything through the cross, through the lens of the God who came and suffered for us. What good does it do to gain all the power in the world and lose your life? And even many Christians fall into this trap, right? It's a lot more attractive to declare ourselves to be the chosen people the ones who are set apart by god the holy nation of scripture and there's some truth to that but it's much more challenging to recognize that being holy being set apart means we are set apart to be god's hands and feet in the world and to get messy we're called not to give up power not to take up power we are called to give up power to serve the outcasts of society, the people who are villainized, ignored, shamed by this world. We are called to take up the cross, not to take up wealth or nationalism or flags or slogans or fame, any of the other things this world says are so important, but to take up the cross, a symbol of humiliation that God transforms into love. The cross is the proof that God is present with us in this messy world, that God is present in the unexpected places, in the deepest depths of our suffering, in all of human existence, the good and the bad. And this kind of faith will lead to opposition because the powers of this world do not like their values being ignored or worse, challenged. Sometimes people get upset when our faith does not stay in its lane, doesn't stay contained to Sunday mornings in the building, when Jesus doesn't stay confined in the walls of the church. And remember, Jesus' message was offensive and challenging enough that his enemies killed him. Putting the humble way of Jesus ahead of your job, your country, even your family, that is controversial. That is hard to do. The path of Jesus, the path we are called to follow, leads through the cross. But also, don't miss the last part of what Jesus began to show his disciples. He says he must go to Jerusalem and undergo great suffering and be killed, and on the third day be raised. Peter misses that part as he's listening. already so upset, he skips right over that line. The cross transforms into a symbol of God's redemption. Through the cross, there is life, there is freedom, there is hope. Not hope in the human things of this world, but in the failure of this world's priorities. Death is not the end of the story. Jesus suffers for the world, but the suffering does not get the last word. The cross leads to resurrection, which means the call for us to take up the cross is also a call to resurrection for us. God is at work transforming even us. We talked about last week, do not be conformed to this world, but be transformed by the renewing of your minds. God is calling us to new life. And what does that transformed life look like? What changes for us when our understanding of God begins with Jesus suffering for the world on the cross out of love? What changes when we set our minds on the things above, when we prioritize the things of God rather than the human things of this world? What changes? Well, look at Paul's instructions to the Christians in Rome. What changes is it looks like genuine love. Hating what is evil, holding fast to what is good. Loving one another with mutual affection, rejoicing in hope together. Not seeking earthly victory the way that Peter did, the way that Peter assumed, but seeking to live at peace with all. It looks like living in such a way that the people we encounter know that we are Christians by our love. That song is a lot to live up to, but that's our call supporting one another, feeding even our enemies, seeing them as people God loves, whoever them is for you. That is more than any of us can do on our own, at least all the time. This list Paul gives us is aspirational. It's something to live up to, but with the Holy Spirit's help, because even the best Christian community falls apart. And we'll talk more next week about how God's faithful people so often fail to live up to who we're supposed to be we ought to mourn with those who mourn and rejoice with those who rejoice but we're human and we all have our own baggage as well sometimes we don't bear one another's burdens the way that we ought to and yet jesus jesus continues to call us the holy spirit continues to renew us let's pray Heavenly Father, you call us to take up our cross and follow you. And yet there is so much in this world that we are tempted to value more than you. By your Holy Spirit, give us faith to trust that the life you have for us is better than anything this world has to offer. Lord, help us to use our time in this world for good, to do your work. And God, thank you for the cross. Thank you for coming to dwell with us, to redeem us. Thank you for your promise to be with us always. In Jesus' name we pray. Amen. Thank you for listening to today's sermon podcast. To learn more about the ministries of Living Hope and Christ the King, to ask for prayer, or to make a donation to support the work we are doing in Ozaki County, you can visit our websites at LivingHopeSocville.org or ctkport.org, or click the link in the show notes to find us online or on social media. May God bless you, and we hope you'll join us again soon.